Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. I am joined at Chateau Le Dixon with none other than El Capitan de Chateau Le Dixon. <laughs> none of this is like any particular language, by the way. Yeah, you're kind of mixing things up there. Yeah. Be Casa del Dixon? It's Casa del Dixon. Si. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like, I don't know why I need to give you like a French spin. <laughs> Maybe it's because because uh, you tell it like it is, you know. You're a man of uh, only the truth, and you don't mm. you're not you're not in for other people's bullshit, mm. you know. There's just like the French. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chateau Dixon, it is or Casa de Dixon. Why not? I thought you like you maybe you associate me with like my hatred for the bourgeoisie and there that's we kind go. of a French thing so they definitely hate the bourgeoisie yeah and they when they had a chance to get rid of the bourgeoisie they were much more proactive about it than say america was Mm -hmm. Uh, russia i think beat them but (laughs) (laughs) but you know um you're that's kind of how i am with you you're like uh you're this super ego you're you're above and beyond you're you transcend nationalities Mm -hmm. you know i should be speaking in tongues when i speak to you like it shouldn't matter what word I'm using. I'm using all the languages That'd of the world. That'd be fun. You know, like <laughs> that'll be fun. Baby shower. Baby shower. We could do it. We could do a baby shower. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if that will increase viewership of a Scottcast listenership of Scottcast or not, but uh, mm-hmm. it seems like a good idea. Yeah, why not? You know, we'll do, do that experiment. We're the only podcast that speaks in tongues. When people are looking for podcasts and they go uh, for their language selection, they'll be like, Spanish? No. English? No. Portuguese? Isn't that just Spanish? No. <laughs> I want all of the above. Tongues. And then they're going to go to it and we're going to be the only podcast available. Yeah. Because we're the only people who could pull it off. That's right. But um, I've got a lot of faith and a lot of confidence in Scott Cass. Mm-hmm. Because I, over the weekend... Um, I hear tell of the success of one of our older projects. Yeah. Uh, when we had uh, Eminem routinely coming in with rap songs talking about us, I decided to make like a little, like a little fifteen-minute show based purely on um, the AI voices. Yeah. So we had Hank Hill mm-hmm. and Marshall Mathers living in a room together, um, going on an adventure, and eventually. Towards the end of the episode, don't mean to spoil it if you haven't listened, but uh, Hank Hill's balls get blown off, and it's left on a kind of a cliffhanger, you know? Mm-hmm. Will they get his balls back? And I was at the bar the other day, and a guy was like, yeah, yeah, I listened to it. And then I told someone else to listen to it, and they said, oh, that concept, I don't I don't think it sounds that funny. It's just like, oh, it's just going to be shitty AI voices. Mm-hmm. And then he listened to it, and he was like, actually, it makes it all even better. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, um, Marshall and Hank, it's taken off. It's hitting the zeitgeist. And it's in perfect timing with us launching the Zombies promotional initiative uh, starting next week on the live Scottcast on Friday night. Hell yeah. You know? It's perfect timing, and I'm excited for that. Like, the only thing that I think would mess this up is if you suddenly died because of a gardening accident. <laughs> well, 
might have some bad news. <laughs> oh, you're toying with fire back there. It seems yeah. like you're discovering something new that's dangerous every day. What you got in your garden today? Um, well, we had a bunch of like little white flowers that were like kind of nice and didn't think much about it. But we've been sort of learning like what's growing back there. Yeah. Everything's kind of a mystery. And we're, we're Do you just, use the Google Lens? Uh, Bronwyn's got some app that like tells her what plants are. Okay. And apparently it's like this invasive plant uh, called Star of Bethlehem that is like completely toxic. All parts of the plant are toxic. It would be very ironic if you died due to the Star of Bethlehem. (laughs) (laughs) So she's like, yeah, I guess we should pull those out. And she's like doing her her barn stuff today. So I was just like, well, I'm awake and whatever. I'm just going to go out and pull all these out. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I go out there in the morning, it's like 9 a.m. And uh, when I start pulling them, like, every step I take, like, there's like a pop. And just like, you know, plant jizz all over me. I mean, like, like something's like spitting seeds out. So you're like pulling up the plants, and yeah. when you pull up the plants... Uh, it's something some explodes. I don't know if it's, if it's that plant or if it's a different plant around, but something's like really jizzing all over the place. Good Lord. You got poison jizzed. I might've. I mean, how are you feeling right now? I mean, I know you've been imbibing the voluntary poison today, but. Yeah. Um, feeling okay right now. Okay. No, (laughs) no spinning, nothing out of the ordinary. No. Okay. You seem good. Yeah. So. But I'll keep an eye out for any health effects. And Sometimes these things take time. Yeah. And I don't know what we should do because we're planning a movie in your backyard, mm-hmm. a little short film. Yeah. We're going to wet our beaks with. Do I tell you to take out these plants that are dangerous? You know, I'm going to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Or do I risk losing you because you are you went out and you're there these plants have something against you they're exploding they're jizz and poison all over your face you're catching it your mouth's open wide why is your mouth open (laughs) (laughs) you know Uh, yeah i mean i think it's like uh i i did my best to eradicate them but we scoped the area for like kind of picturing it in a directorial way Mm -hmm. uh visually where do we want shots to happen and there was more back there. They're all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a bed it. of poison. I like how you brought in another poisonous plant before this when the entire field was poisonous. <laughs> we <plants>. like that one. <laughs> <laughs> Wolfsbane's okay, but yeah. Star of Bethlehem is is a parasite upon your garden. That's right. So we got to figure out something. Maybe we need to send Cade in <laughs> to get rid of the things. But... At the same time, I'm kind of thinking Star of Bethlehem, at least, is a very pretty flower. And it's called Star of Bethlehem. That's got a lot of literary... It sounds really nice. But apparently it's like a pretty nasty weed. I want to know, how much would you need to ingest to die? Mm -hmm. Like as a fully grown human being. Fully grown, I don't know. It, It will kill a child or a pet. Really? Yeah. Think of that dumbass child walking around with flowers. <laughs> <laughs> That's natural selection. 
So don't die. I'll try not to. Try not to. Uh, we'll get someone else in here to mm-hmm. remove the plants f- so that we can have a safe environment. I was watching Lloyd Kaufman do like a webcam interview the other day, and he said the number one rule of filmmaking isn't tits. That's it's number two. That's number two and three. <laughs> <laughs> but the number one rule is safety first. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, Lloyd, you're right. He's like, no movie is worth uh, getting someone shot over, uh, getting someone run over in a car, or getting someone you know poisoned by Star of Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. No movie is worth it. And if Lloyd doesn't think uh, no movie is worth it, then I don't think no movie is worth it. Even if it's going to be a, a paradigm-shifting film such as Zombies mm-hmm. and uh, the short films within the universe before it. Yeah. Even then... And I'm glad it's become a universe already. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have to. It's 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 dictated by uh, the way things work. Mm-hmm. Like, if we go up to somebody and we say, we're making a movie. And they're like, cool. Have you made movies before? And we say, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's immediate skepticism and yeah. immediate, oh, we're just joking around. But... If we produce a short film, just a little guy, mm-hmm. that question will be turned into, uh, they'll be like, oh, have you made a movie before? And we'll be like, yes. In fact, we made a short related to this universe you can watch right here. And they'll be like, oh, cool. Conversation shifts away from our experience. Yeah. So they're going to assume that we make films all the time. Mm-hmm. When re- in reality, we've just made this one thing about bees <laughs> you know so we we give the air that we are these um these artists yeah and we are on a current project and people stop asking you questions when you just when they just assume you you're a, a capable person and that's what this uh, upcoming film project we're we're planning is about mm-hmm. we're going to have professional equipment we're gonna have someone flying in for some shots that's right we've got a drone we're gonna have props we're gonna be making them ourselves creating them mm-hmm. we are going to erect an entire universe purely with our own hands doesn't that excite you i suppose yeah <laughs> you used a lot of uh sensational language there sensational language we're going to erect a universe with our bare hands yeah (laughs) doesn't that arouse you (laughs) doesn't that make you hard (laughs) makes me hard you know because we're hard filmmakers yeah like for us the film we are making is not pornography but the fact we are making a film is pornography (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's why I'm filming a documentary mm-hmm. about us making the film. Yeah. Because I don't really want to watch Zombies, the final product, again after I finish it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to want to watch the process of us making the film endlessly until I die. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to get out of how much love I have for the process of making a gorgeous, uh, world-changing movie. Really... I'm going to be completely cynical after all this, I yeah. think. 
I think this is my last go as an optimist, is making this B movie. You know, I kind of like your approach. I think it's about the journey and not the destination. Yeah? Yeah. We're going to learn a lot. Yeah. We're going to learn a lot about some of our favorite uh, art forms, right? The the film, the mm-hmm. comedy, the, 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 the satire, mm-hmm. right? We're going to know all sorts of things about this stuff. We're going to have more respect for people who actually do it, maybe. Um, or less, if we do it really well. <laughs> <laughs> if we just happen to be really good at it, we'd be like, man, what are you doing, Steven Spielberg? <laughs> Steven Spielberg, come on, my man. Could have made a better dinosaur than that. <laughs> right? Not, not a single scene of anyone riding a T-Rex? Come on. <laughs> it's a universe. Make it. Next month, Jurassic World 3 is coming out. Yeah. And I know you haven't seen the first two, but I think this one's probably going to be worth seeing. It's going to have the return cast... Um, of the original, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern. Yeah, right. Three heavyweights, heavy hitters in the cinematic cinematic universe of the mm-hmm. world. I'm gonna go see it. I'm gonna try to see it on opening night. You know, you want to go? Maybe. When's it open? Sometime in June. Mm-hmm. I think 10th, 13th, something like that. Mm, depends. We'll see. I don't even need to go opening night, but like. Uh, <laughs> But I do, I do want to see that one in theaters, you know, because it's going to have more dinosaurs per square frame mm-hmm. than any of the other Jurassic Park films. Um, see, I don't know if that means a better film, because well, it's not going to be a better film than Jurassic Park. <laughs> we all know that. Well, like, I don't know. You think of like the the great like creature features. You got you know Jaws, where you see the shark like maybe three minutes for the runtime. Like, True. not very much, mm-hmm. but it's, like, about suspense. And it's, like, the original Jurassic Park, there wasn't really that many dinosaurs either. You know? You got a There point. was, like, some big shots, some, like, important scenes, but, like, it was mostly about the characters. And that's where I think the sequels failed. It was, like, they tried to just throw more dinosaurs at you, and it wasn't, you didn't care about any of the characters, and it was just sort of, like, blah. I mean, I had a different reaction. Yeah. <laughs> it was never just bleh to me. But, of course, <laughs> Jurassic Park is well, here the you're bringing back the characters that you love, and, like, what are they going to do with them, though? Oh, that's the one thing. Is They're like, just packing so many dinosaurs. Are you, are you going to have, like, a a story to, to bind you back to these characters, or are you just going to be, like, nostalgia and dinosaurs? You know, probably that. <laughs> um, what I'm really worried about, though, is... I don't want any of the main cast to get Han Soloed. Yeah. We all know what happened to Han Solo and the first return of uh, um, Star Wars universe back then. He got he got killed by his, by his son. And, uh, spoiler, who cares? No one liked that movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they kill off Han Solo. And uh, they could do it up nice and dramatic, I guess, but uh, it's not really that great of a, of a kill scene anyway. And I am afraid to death that that's going to happen to my beloved Sam Neill. Mm-hmm. I can take Jeff Goldblum dying. Mm. I don't think they're going to kill Laura Dern for some reason. But Sam Neill, I feel like, is in the crosshairs. Mm. I don't know why. Maybe because he's the dinosaur expert and he kind of represents the past 
in a, in a lot of ways. And that's kind of what they're talking about with, with this, with this series. But in all the promotional efforts, they have a new dinosaur, um, a new theropod, like a T-Rex, mm-hmm. uh, called the Giganotosaurus. <laughs> That's a real dinosaur. It's uh, discovered in Patagonia of Argentina. Yeah. And it is the largest land carnivore is it, is that ever how discovered. they pronounce it? Probably Giganato. not. Giganotosaurus. <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually haven't looked up any of this Spanish for uh, dinosaurs or anything like that. I know when Julia says dinosaur, she says dinosaur. Nice. And I, I like that. But um, I haven't looked up uh, whether they change it up for... Because they're all Latin at names anyways. Yeah. So, Giganatosaurus. Sarus. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just turned into a child again. <laughs> but uh, so he, so they got the world's biggest carnivore. And like in all the ads, it's Sam Neill running away from the world's biggest carnivore. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's re. Uh, you, they got an Ian Malcolm scene reprising the flair. Yeah. Everything. And I'm just like, if they kill Sam Neill and they made me wait that long, mm-hmm. I'm going to be so pissed. Like, I never felt that way about a, a franchise before. Mm-hmm. And even within this franchise, I can see other people dying and I want to care. Yeah. But Sam Neill is a protected property. Alan Grant. Mm-hmm. If he goes, I go. Just like that. So, anyway. We're going to see next month. Yeah. Uh, that was a bit of a tangent. <laughs> but, you know, what is this? What is this place for but tangents, right? He suffers from a deplorable excess of personality. So, we were, we were talking about film. It's a very film-centric. And, live and universes of film and how, how to become a great filmmaker using universes. Oh, yeah. And I was better than Steven Spielberg immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. As long as we can clear that poison out of the set, I'm going to be a great filmmaker. <laughs> that's that's the main thing. So we're making that film, and we're doing we're going to have fun with it, mm-hmm. and it's going to be good. Got it all storyboarded out today. We did, and honestly, if we're talking about making money on this film, something we should consider is just finishing up your storyboards and selling them as a graphic novel because those drawings are going to be better than anything we produce on the film. (laughs) (laughs) Like I told you uh, early on in our plan today, you, uh, you had a very muted, uh, like easy to shoot more of the suspense style Mm -hmm. filmmaking. And, and I've kind of pushed for more right. Uh, in the scene, I want, you wanted graphic violence. <laughs> I wanted graphic violence. I wanted to see it happen. I want people to, I wanted this to be like zero to 100, just like zombies is gonna, mm-hmm. you know? And the trick is to not fall into that Jurassic World trap yeah. of just making it like uh, an hour and a half of like gore video. Right. This is gonna be the first thing we're working on is like a five, two, five minute shot short. We have a good story behind it. We've got character fleshed out. It's still a little crazy. He's going to get fleshed out. Yeah. <laughs> we do have a character getting fleshed out. That's for sure. I guarantee it. <laughs> and when you guys watch it, you're going to be saying, You did it. You crazy son of a bitch. You did <laughs> So stay on the lookout for that. Tune into the live stream next Friday. Uh, 
somewhere between 7 and 11 p.m. <laughs> just, <laughs> just sit there <laughs> and wait for us to go live. Um, but in the meantime, we've got a little bit while we're on the topic, right? Big news. Big news. Yeah. Big news. Big news. Fuck me. Fuck yeah. So we were doing some research for zombies, mm-hmm. and we wondered to ourselves aloud. What happens when a queen bee is weakened? And we found out. Did you care to describe the scene that unfolded before us on YouTube on your 4K screen? <clears throat> um, so apparently when a queen bee becomes impotent, uh, the hive rebels mm-hmm. and like straight up cannibalizes or like eats her fucking face off eats her alive yeah that's so metal and not only against the queen but like the whole hive goes into chaos and they just cannibalize each other as well wow it's like (laughs) you know uh 80s sci-fi spaceship like the core is gonna go down and like everyone's fucked yeah that makes a lot of sense that's what happens their hive focused mind yeah um it takes takes a while for a bee to make find their own leader right mm-hmm. and uh, go off on their own thing and when they get rid of that leader that that central authority uh, they just they just turn into these monsters you know it's like they need that whip just yeah. to, just a just to behave <laughs> <laughs> it's getting into a weird s and m right now <laughs> I don't know um, man is that us? You think? I don't know. Do we need government? We could. I, I mean, we, I think we probably kind of do. I mean, when you look at places with weak institutional governments like Somalia, it kind of becomes a free for all. Yeah. And then there's just people who like take power themselves, mm-hmm. you know, through force and stuff. I think it's a big dream that people have where it's like, uh, you don't need government. We can all just get along. Yeah. <laughs> That's very difficult. <laughs> it'd, it'd be nice, but yeah, it's there's always going to be some asshole. Yeah, it's like the asshole rule. Unless you can get rid of assholes somehow, pacify all assholes. You know, maybe that's coming up with the metaverse and all these uh, technologies that jerk you off and stuff. <laughs> like, if we make the asshole option to just strap yourself into this benign world and where mm-hmm. you experience pleasure until you kind of sink into a death mm-hmm. lonesome death by yourself maybe then you wouldn't need so many rules and maybe. stuff like uh if the only people going outside are going outside to help people whatnot like yeah. uh living their best lives in their little metapod i don't know but that sounds more totalitarian than it sounds free you know what are we gonna do Eat the queen. (laughs) Eat her. Eat her alive. (laughs) We should eat the queen. We should. If she's impotent. (laughs) (laughs) That's the funniest little turn of it. Wait, she's impotent now? She doesn't produce offspring, I guess. What good is a woman if she can't reproduce? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) 
Eater. <laughs> That's gonna get for the out. record. That is not. <laughs> Not the view of the Scott cast. No, no. That's that's the thing, is we're we're making a movie about bees. This is what bees do. We're talking about bees. And if you see humanity and the way we portray these bees, is that us? Is that the bees? Or is that you, listener? Yeah. Yeah. What even is this? <laughs> <laughs> Everything we do is is just we call them Scott Castigators, right? Our mm-hmm. fans. Yeah. And that's because a good Scott Castigator castigates everyone and everything around him. That's right. You always question authority. Question authority. Even the Scott cast. Even the Scott cast. But mostly other things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you not only criticize, not only question, you castigate. You straight up put their feet in the fire. Mm-hmm. You show them what's real, you know? And that's what we're doing with zombies, with the... Uh, with 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 this gorish tale of of a mutated revenge insect, <laughs> got to think about it. Think about life. That this this tale is something prescient. It's going to be the brave new world of our age. It's going to yeah. be 1984 again, mm-hmm. and it's not looking good, folks. 1984 looked great. Zombies is what's next. <laughs> <laughs> What else is there about the the bees going crazy? Um, also, bees will get you fucked up. Oh, okay. These are different bees. Yeah. These are Nepalese bees. On the mountainsides of Nepal and Turkey, bees sometimes produce a strange and dangerous concoction called mad honey. The mad honey. I would love to get a jar of this stuff. <laughs> what kind of hallucinations are we talking here? Are we talking... It's, uh, redder and slightly more bitter tasting than your standard honey comes from the world's largest honeybee apis dorsata laboriosa this particular honey has physiological effects in low doses it can cause dizziness lightheadedness and euphoria higher doses can cause hallucinations vomiting loss of consciousness seizures and in rare cases death nice uh, one reporter stated that he ate two teaspoons, the amount recommended by honey hunters, and after about 15 minutes started to feel a high similar to weed. Felt like his body was cooling down, starting from the back of his head down through his torso. A deep, icy, hot feeling settled in his stomach, lasted for several hours. The honey was delicious, and though a few of the hunters passed out from eating a bit too much... <laughs> No one suffered from projectile vomiting or explosive diarrhea as he'd been warned about. Wow, that honey sounds awesome. (laughs) I would love to get myself a couple teaspoons of that honey. I would do that. Would you, uh, if we somehow acquired this honey, um, would you take a teaspoon of of hallucinogenic honey and do a Scott cast? If we could acquire some? Yeah. One teaspoon I would do. I would do a teaspoon too. I don't want to go crazy. Yeah. You know, but, and I don't know what kind of system. I don't I want have. to get projectile vomit or diarrhea, but. No, we've got to uh, keep the equipment clean. <laughs> Say we we could start with a teaspoon and yeah. see what happens. And yeah. You know, I would love to live describe what it's like to get high on, uh, on uh, poisonous honey. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently the reason uh, that this particular honey can get you fucked up 
is because the bees of this region pollinate uh, rhododendrons. Oh, that seems like an easy plant to just have around. A species of, of rhododendron that uh, contains a neurotoxic compound called grayanotannin. Grayanotoxins. That pollen ends up in the honey, which, uh, again, in large doses can, 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 can murder you. <laughs> I don't even know how pollen in, turns into honey, but there's a process there. The processing makes it a little, you know, less toxic, but I think, still... I think bees, like, spit in it. Still give you... Still fuck you up. We should definitely plant some rhododendrons out there instead of that <laughs> uh, Bethlehem star. Yeah. Poison stuff. If it's going to be poison, it might as well be poison that makes all the honey around here banging. <laughs> you know? Can you imagine that? Like, you planted a very specific rhododendron mm-hmm. farm here, yep. and you had, like, a huge bushel of it or something. I don't know how these flowers come. Um, but anyways, you got yourself a couple bushels of they rhododendron. They shoot all over you when you step on them. Yeah, they shoot they just hallucinogens on you. <laughs> I can't contact Ian because he's in his backyard thinking he's the moon. <laughs> <laughs> like, all of a sudden, all the honey from around here yeah. is hallucinogenic. Like, it starts with, you see bears and stuff like that tripping in the streets. I think bears eat honey. Do they eat honey or do they eat the bees? They eat honey, I guess. <laughs> the Hamtramck bears are going to be tripping balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Normally they're furtive. <laughs> now, <laughs> but when they're tripping balls, they're going to be all over the place. <laughs> Walking up and down Joseph Campo trying to get a taco. It's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I could see in Zombies there being a subplot where where people are trying to get some of this zombie honey yeah you know because it's got properties because i'm playing around with the idea in my head i don't know if you are uh that the zombies right Mm -hmm. they pollinate not with flower pollen yeah but uh human brains yeah which it's good on the whole uh relating it to zombies george romero style right did we have anything with pollinating? Because we haven't even touched on pollinating in our thought process with zombies, have we? I mean, that's like the initial way that they get infected was the dump was in a like natural space and it infected the plant life, which they pollinated and infected them. But we never talked about pollinating post-transformation. Post-transformation, no. Hmm. It would make sense that they're using us as their no their new flower pots maybe they target stoners <laughs> that's a that's a weird twist <laughs> I mean, like especially or only because i think it, they got to kill everyone yeah it's not even going to make the news if it's just killing stoners that's true <laughs> it'll just be like <laughs> city's cleaner than normal yeah no In, indiscriminate killing yeah that makes sense I was just like trying to relate humans to plants. I can also see that if you're drinking brain honey, right? <laughs> <laughs> like maybe there's something in it that uh, fucks you up, especially mm. if it's a, a bee, bee spit, zombie spit. Yeah. You know, and that's already chemical. Mm-hmm. So you mix it with the brain and it's like getting a shot of intelligence or something. <laughs> it's like having clarity for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> 
and like everyone who gets high off it just like understands the futility of everything and they kind of just uh they die not by death but by giving up life within a minute acceptance they accept of their drone status yeah they accept everything and they just fall dead damn yeah because life is just a clinging of <laughs> to, to the final strands of uh, paranoia <laughs> This film's going to be a lot more nihilistic than we expected. <laughs> Look, it's a lot more sexual than we expected. It's a lot more political than we expected. It's yeah. a lot more everything than we expected. And I'm the only one who's been consistently throughout this entire project been saying this film's going to be the greatest thing ever made. There's so many angles and they all make sense. Yeah. It's a complex, it's like the Ulysses of film. Mm-hmm. James Joyce style, right? Yeah. In this one film is all the films in the world. Mm-hmm. And in this one film is all experiences in the future and the past. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is existence and oblivion. Damn. It is zombies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been B News. B News. News. Anyways, while we're talking about uh, gardening, <laughs> uh, you're you're a University of Michigan graduate yourself. I am. Uh, you must be proud then to hear to have heard that the University of Michigan is piloting a fertilizer program where you can use your own human urine to fertilize plants, peonies, yeah. perhaps rhododendrons of a specific variety eventually. You know, uh, what, what do you, what does that make you feel? Are you going to go piss in your garden? I wonder like who, who came up with the research project and who pitched it. If it was like a joke, it's like, we want to use a urine based fertilizer. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, tell us more about that. Yeah. It's specifically used for peonies. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it's like, exactly. Oh, how does it work? You peonies. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah, that's what you do, bitch. You pee on these. <laughs> They're like, we'll fund it. And he's like, oh, fuck, I gotta actually do this. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. <laughs> Look, and it works. Apparently there are chemicals in pee that are supportive of um, plant growth. Say, uh, phosphorus or something. Zinc. I don't know what's in pee. <laughs> something point is it's organic and they call it uh pea cycling of course yeah because they have to keep going with the puns they're kind of like us with the zombies yeah they got stuck into a project and just <laughs> seeing to the very bitter end somehow <laughs> i wonder if this project is also surprisingly nihilistic <laughs> probably is i mean really the only real reason they, they are even doing this is is because they realize that there's going to be so much less resources in the future Mm -hmm. and we're going to need to be able to fertilize things any which way we can yeah and if we can just like you know have a special old-fashioned way you go old-fashioned way (laughs) pee on that you know pee on these pee on that lettuce right (laughs) we're going to be washing a lot of food (laughs) and i suggest everyone wash their food 
after this research has come out, you should have done it before. But now everything's going to be a little bit like, mm, ah, is that ammonia? <laughs> What's that? What, 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 is, what is the flavor of pee? I've never had it before. Yeah, I couldn't say. Well, you know, it's got a stench. It's got a smell. And that's, that smell and that stench registers in the taste buds sometimes when you go into a well-run, or poorly run, I should say, bathroom. Mm-hmm. A well-busy bathroom. Yeah. It's got this weird... Mm, it's not quite bitter, but it's like a bitter-sour taste. So... If you're eating lettuce and you're like, ooh, this has kind of got a bitter-sour tinge to it. Have you ever been in a locker room or like a men's bathroom? Particularly men's. (laughs) Specifically men's bathroom. Yeah. Because just imagine you put um, a bunch of people who are essentially just still boys, still children, and you gave them all, every single one of them, a water gun. (laughs) So that's all that's all a penis is to a man until he yeah. uses it for other purposes. It's like, hey, this is great. I can I can just point it anywhere, can't I? And boy, people do. They sure do. And in any given like there's no age limit, apparently. Yeah. Like go to a Meyer bathroom, it's sticky. Why is it sticky? <laughs> why is it stick why is why is the men's bathroom so sticky? There's a reason. It's cause it's a suggestion to use that hole. <laughs> But uh, hopefully in the future when we're using fertilizer, pee for fertilizer, mm-hmm. there's going to be special little like uh, urinals that collect right. specifically pee and maybe verify it because sometimes people would just like to take a shit in the urinal too. Yeah. We really don't have hope as well. Maybe we should really just have like, well, that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> What is it, like uh, urinals for people who believe in fertilizer and those who don't? I was going to say, like, the entrance to a urinal should just be like a flashlight. <laughs> Make it very clear where, where it needs to go. Um, but that would it would need to have a self-cleaning process that would be pretty complicated, I think. Yeah, and... And, I don't know yeah. about I don't know about your predilections, but I've never wanted to release a flow in a situation like that. Well, yeah, true. That would make it more difficult, wouldn't it? It's more of an explosion if anything's released. Yeah. Bad idea, like I said. Bad idea. Look, this is this is not everything we say on Scottcast really gets hit out the park. We say a lot of things on this show that turn out to be quite prescient, quite uh mm-hmm quite emotionally deep even sometimes and i give us credit for that but in order to get to those points sometimes we've got to be like you know what we need in the bathroom just a row of fleshlights and we all <laughs> stick our dick in the flashlight <laughs> just trying to think of how you could you know direct a penis to a specific location right maybe like a maybe like a fembot right yeah a little lady and maybe some guy maybe a little guy too but like he, he flirts with you gets you going you know and then and then like the fembot just like grabs you by the nuts and like forces you at the urinal mm-hmm. and like holds your head against the wall and you have to pee with the fembot just holding your junk for you because we can't trust general people yeah. to not piss on the floor <laughs> <laughs> We deserve that. Yeah. We need Dom Fenbots. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dominatrix fucking Fenbot. 
like just like totally like running game on every man ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way we're gonna have a clean bathroom is me. <laughs> and um I think you could tell the researchers behind the U of M urine fertilizer are women mm-hmm. because because they assume collecting urine from people is going to be easy. Right. So where did they collect their urine from? Oh, good question. It turns out it is very difficult to source urine, and they had to ship it in from Vermont. (laughs) (laughs) So we got these uh, researchers in Michigan, uh, in order to better the environment and find alternative fertilizer, shipping uh, cans, I assume, of urine (laughs) from Vermont where they have a special university that has managed to figure out a way somehow to, to actually do what we're describing and separate uh, urine from foreign entrance into mm. a receptacle. It's not, I don't think it's quite as advanced as a fembot. Yeah, that was too tricky of a problem for the, the good old wolverines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> U of M specializes in a few things. That's not it. Vermont. Now, they're the ones who can direct a dick. You know, and you were a U of M graduate, so like obviously the flashlight idea was yours. <laughs> you know, there's a crumpled up piece of paper in that professor. a bad idea, yeah. Yeah, there's a crumpled up piece of paper in that professor's <laughs> wastebasket. That is exactly that. It's like a drawing of a flashlight and enticing little, mm-hmm. little arrows. <laughs> Look, that's this is the world we're going to be living in. We've been talking about this forever. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about how. Um, the the world is changing the climate's changing the power dynamics between countries have been changing everything's been changing and it's kind of all trending towards eventual sun apocalypse and the need to live underground in a large city where we are the ones who tell you what to do called that shit called it <laughs> look like and we're still a few steps to that point yeah. But we're getting there. It's coming. We're about to have some fucking clout with zombies coming out. And once people understand zombies is a is a prophecy, they're gonna understand us as prophets. Yeah. You know, and they're not and they're gonna forgive us our prophets. For we are building a city for them. A city underground mm-hmm. where the human race may continue in its disgusting path. <laughs> pissing everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Unable to control themselves. Let's get some fucking new news. I got. I want to tell you something that I think you'll like. Okay. Something that'll give you faith in humanity. I sure hope so. You know, because there has been born recently a child that might be the most child. No, that might be <laughs> <laughs> might might be the most child child that ever childed. <laughs> Such a child. What child is this child, this child, this child? Anyway, the most metal child ever okay. to be born. Now you're a man! Right away. Yeah. So, a Metallica concert. Mm-hmm. They start playing I Enter Sandman. I am aware of this child. And Born is the savior. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that child's going to be particularly metal? Because that's a pretty sweet story. I was born during Enter Sandman. You know he's not going to be like a polka fucking fan. Yeah. K-pop. I'm curious, like, how that all went down. Like, 
Okay, so you're nine she months pregnant. She was obviously very pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a lot of, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a metal concert, but like, even I imagine like a pop concert, like there's, a, if in a large venue, there's a lot of like bass and you can like feel it in your body, right? Yeah, true. So like, did she know that it was happening or was it like a surprise? <laughs> right? Like, oh, this song rips. Oh, I have a son. <laughs> I mean, like. Because that's like a sudden thing. It is. And it's like, oh, and her Sandman started. Oh, I have a baby. Like, it seems like it would have been happening before that. Right. My question is, like, how did she get it to the Metallica concert in the first place knowing she could pop any she second? Was, <laughs> yeah. I get you She's bought like, tickets ahead of time. I'm having contractions, but they're pretty far apart. I got these tickets. I can't. I cannot go to this concert. <laughs> Look, these people are old. <laughs> they might have come back fully intact again. <laughs> you know. So she's weighing that decision, which makes me think that she doesn't think she's going to be giving birth that day. Mm-hmm. You know. And when you bring in that base, right? It just probably moved the child in such a way that this child had to start headbanging. It starts yeah. moving its giant head. Giant head makes room for him to leave the canal or whatever the fuck they call it. And uh, boom. Yeah. Boom, he's out. Sometimes that happens. I've been to concerts where like the bass was so heavy that... You gave birth. I, I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to shit myself or like, <laughs> if I might die. <laughs> Look, it happens if it's if it's hitting you in like, that. Like, wow, heart. my my chest hurts real bad. <laughs> it's vibrating your inner organs. That happens. You've got yourself a bass here. Does it? Does you think it, it doesn't can, get that loud? It doesn't get people to give birth. No, I mean maybe my like my half stack. If we, because my amp has like a. Little switch for like the wattage. Yeah. What's the total wattage if you get it all? It can go up to 100. Okay. I've got it at 25. Okay. 100's good. And at 25, I've turned it up like maybe a quarter of the way. And like, you can feel it. Yeah. (laughs) I've got. I've got this uh, 100 watt app at home back when I played the electric guitar more. And it was for when I had drummer i was playing with Mm. in the basement i had to get over him but whenever i play it on my own like i got the knob it's at zero volume (laughs) and i have to like fine tune it just past zero Mm -hmm. and as soon as i do it blasts windows out (laughs) (laughs) it's too much amp and i play acoustic guitar all the time nowadays so it doesn't make any sense but do you think knowing this, knowing, given our deductions, inductions, whatever mm-hmm. it is, that this person gave birth because of a heavy baseline from Anna Sandman, uh, do you think that if you should ever impregnate, say, Bronwyn or maybe someone else, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, someone's pregnant and you need to get that baby out in the world. Yeah. W- what are you going for? The gloves or the base? it seems like the base is the thing to go for mm-hmm. like this child just slipped right out and like <laughs> we're we right now we're doing this primitive method of like you're mm-hmm. a doctor you know things about anatomy you yeah. get your gloves all the way up to your elbows you're guiding the baby out you're saying breathe you're saying breathe and oh it's out slap boop. it's crying it's great yeah 
in this case, like you didn't need any of that. Just needed like a yeah, <laughs> plop. Ah! You look down. This kid's holding a PBR. <laughs> He's got gauges in his ears. <laughs> He's already cynical. You know, like that's what I would do. Yeah. If I'm ever in a situation where I have to help a, help a lady give birth, like mm-hmm. let's say I start driving a cab somewhere, and uh, this lady comes into my cab and's like. I got to get to the hospital. Ambulances are expensive. And I'm like, all right, well, I've got some subwoofers and a towel. <laughs> you know, let me play Enter Sadman. I know that hits the right note. <laughs> Might have to tune it down because James Hatfield's gotten older. You know? Right. Get a little lower, but I think that's even better. So uh, if you ever need someone to help you deliver a baby, write into ScottCast. Yeah. Let us know, and we'll get someone in there. We'll either have Ian with his amp, or I'll take my taxi cab with their subwoofers. <laughs> and we'll deliver the baby for you. You don't even have to... We'll do it in your driveway. Mm-hmm. But lay out a towel, lay out a tarp and a pillow. We blast you. You spit it out. You go back inside. <laughs> you know, contactless delivery. <laughs> I'm all right with that. I think it's a fair thing to do. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Speaking of things that are way happier than all that B talk we've been talking about, the mm-hmm. end of humanity, this guy's kind of kinship with us. He's got a kinship with us, I think, because we're in this world and we're seeing everything get destroyed and we are finding the path forward despite having absolutely no um, expertise in anything. Mm-hmm. We got our thoughts, but we have no real expertise in, say, making a film or, or building an underground city. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. We have no. We don't really know what we're talking about. Right. And this guy, he was in a plane, and the pilot suffered some sort of medical emergency. He mm-hmm. was incoherent, unable to fly the plane. Mm-hmm. And this guy, who is not a pilot, goes up to the cockpit, and he puts on the headphones, and he's like, look, I'm keeping it steady at 9,300 feet. But I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just a guy. <laughs> and guess what, man? They talked him through it, and he landed that motherfucking plane like a pro. Hell yeah. That's us. <laughs> He's the Scott Cast Citizen of the Week right nice. there. That's what I say. You know, it makes should, Sully look like a piece of shit. We should have a sound clip for that, but we don't. We really should. Let's see. Um, mm-hmm. That's not good. Get back to Jurassic Park. Okay. He did it. He's son of a bitch. Oh, there we go. That's a good one. You did it. You crazy son of a bitch. You did it. <laughs> you know, and when I when I heard of this guy... Refuse to believe that you aren't familiar with the concept of attraction. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that guy's... Uh, that guy's the king of the world right now. Hell yeah. Uh, that guy forever... Deservedly so. Yeah, that guy forever is the guy who landed a goddamn plane. Mm-hmm. You know, without any goddamn skill. Yeah. If I was him, I would never learn to fly a plane after that. <laughs> you know, he's got a perfect record just right off the bat. Yeah. You know, saving the world. He's 100... He makes... He makes Sully look terrible because mm-hmm. he just landed a plane in the water once, but he was trained. He's an expert. Right. He knows what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. This guy, like he had to... Trust that the guy who was in air traffic control, you know, had their coffee that day and was able to <laughs> guide them through. I bet the guy in air traffic control had a YouTube video up. <laughs> How do you land a plane? 
we got to give him that reward. We'll, yeah, we'll get a we'll get a sound effect for Citizen of the Week because we should be honoring we more should. people. We should. We usually talk about idiots. That'd be a good way to yeah lighten that up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have some good news every week. We'll do it. Our first uh, official drop of Citizen of the Week, besides uh, this one that kind of just came out of nowhere, uh, will be t- next week. Yeah, live on uh, the Zombies on promotional National, stream. National B Day and World B Day. Yeah. We'll find a citizen who's doing some good stuff in the B, B world, maybe. You know, we'll give him Citizen of the Week. Um, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for the good news we give. The good news we, we want to show the world. That is Citizen of the Week news. Okay. <laughs> All right. We got one already. Look at that. I mean, let's face it. In your particular field, you're the top minds. <laughs> So, I think uh, that's that's good for the podcast today. Mm-hmm. I think we've learned a lot. Yeah. Um. So, tell me, Ian, what did we learn today? Hmm. If I could sum things up. I think we learned a lot about filmmaking. That uh, it's important to create a universe, a backstory, but characters are the most important. Yeah. Oh, it's true. I could see that. And a message. The message. A story. A message, a character, a story. Those are the things that are most important. No matter how many paper mache heads we make, mm-hmm. those heads have to correspond to something with a true beating heart. Correct. And the minds that we fertilize with our urine. <laughs> <laughs> I think we learned a lot about fertilization. Yes. Yes, we did. Poison plants will just fucking shoot jizz at you that's true apparently we can just piss wherever and it's like liquid gold it's called good for the environment cop stop (laughs) (laughs) public indecency you're publicly indecent for not peeing outside and if you're not fertile someone might eat your face that's right and if you're very fertile you might give birth at a metallica concert (laughs) (laughs) or ian's driveway there you go and uh, that's how we're going to be. So I think that's it, man. We learned a lot about fertilization today. And, you know, that's the thing about <laughs> fertilization and bees and, and procreation and reproducing and continuing this um, massive existence of a humanity, this leech upon the world, these uh, naked ape cicadas eating through the universe. It's about continuing. It's about going on. Yeah, we've inherited a bloody, terrible history as a species. <laughs> but in the future, there is nothing but hope. Hope that we can redeem ourselves in some way. That we can become pure again. Mm. Let us pray. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, lead us out, why don't you? All right. Well, thank you. Hear from us at the super colorful, original, telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. We bid thee adieu. See you later, ScottCasticators. Oh, hail ScottCast. Glory be to ScottCast. Yes. Did you think about this, you idiot? You're such an idiot. Hey, uh, I love ScottCast.